This episode may contain explicit language. Welcome to Karen Feeding, the show where we raise the next generation together. I'm Lucy Lopez, mother to Amelia, who's 13, Avery, who's 11, and I also host the Mamacita Rica podcast. We live in Miami. I'm Zach Rosen. I host a short advice show. It's called The Best Advice Show, and I'm dad to six-year-old Noah and three-year-old Ami. We live in Detroit, Michigan. And I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I run the family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 11, Oliver, who's nine, and Teddy, who's seven. We live in Tokyo, Japan. This week, we're closing the loop on our two special episodes from last week, all about sex and relationships in the context of parenthood. We're so glad that so many of you love these conversations, and we're even more excited that you left us voicemails about it. So we're going to talk about some really great pieces of listener mail. Then we're going to return to the realm of parenting and debrief with a round of everyone's favorite triumphs and fails. So let's get going. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll see you back here for our listener mail. All right, we're back and ready to hop into our voicemails. Like we said, both of these are responses to the special episodes we ran last week about sex, love, and parenting. First up, if you'll remember, our episode last Thursday featured real debates between us and our spouses. That made for an interesting Valentine's Day. (laughs) And a couple of you reached out after hearing Elizabeth and Jeff's morning management question. Oh, boy. Uh... We want to share this voicemail we got from a listener named Christina. Hey, Karen Feeding Pod, a longtime listener here, first time message believer. I literally had to stop the pod and give a counterpoint to Elizabeth's problem. The solution here, in my opinion, is pretty obvious. Based on what you said, Jeff should just manage the entire morning from get up, breakfast, to school departure. It will be his responsibility to make sure that the kids are packed. I'm ready to go and out the door on the days that he gets up with them. And you are not responsible at all. Leave the apartment. Go do whatever you need to do. Go for a walk. It is his role on those designated days to make sure the kids are ready to go and out the door. And he takes them, right? Start to finish, it's his responsibility. And then on your days, start to finish, it's your responsibility. I think if you establish the days where it is Jeff's day and your day, I think he'll be a lot happier. My wife and I do this, and it actually works very well, um, and it alleviates that feeling of it's always me or it's always her, because it's, it's my day or it's her day, and that's the end of it. Um, good luck. I hope you figure it out. Love listening. Talk to you soon. Um, so first of all, thank you all for your responses. Nothing, you know, nothing makes me feel more loved than just an outpouring of people saying that I'm right. So <laughs> I felt very, I felt very seen. No, in all seriousness, I felt very seen that one, um, so many of you shared that this is something that is happening in your home as well, just in of course, terms of yeah. dividing the labor and figuring that out. And we got a bunch of like, practical solutions um, like this one. So I think practically Jeff is still traveling. So we have not put anything into place, but him traveling has given us the opportunity to like talk about this outside of it happening. How did that Um, go? Well, I, (laughs) you know, it's, um, (laughs) 
I think when, obviously when he came on to talk about it, he knew, I think even in, as we're recording it, he sort of knew <laughs> as he was saying things like this should be 50, 50, you know, that he was the way that it was happening now couldn't continue. But I think what sort of clicked for him is, is this idea of like, that I'm feeling exhausted as a result of this. Because what what I think didn't come across necessarily in the show is how much work he does around the house when he's here, like how much of the other labor that he really does do. Um, but that this particular task for me starts my day off so poorly. Mm-hmm. And that's something he doesn't necessarily want us, um, you know, to continue. There was serious concern in my household about how everybody spent their Valentine's Day weekend, and especially your husband, Elizabeth. <laughs> and my hu- Gino was like, oh, man, that how do you think that went over? <laughs> I was like, I think he's a very intelligent person. I mean, they make a great couple. And I think he understood it, it all came from love. So there was concern on on in my household for how it was going to go over, and then I read, you know, when I when I heard uh, the voice notes, everybody obviously was like Team Elizabeth. <laughs> and then I I felt really bad. <laughs> no, I mean, again, this is like a uh, uh, Je- Jeff has been around the show long enough to know that when I ask him to come on, and then we we choose, I did let him kind of choose the the conflict. I was not like. Hey, let's let's talk about this thing where I think I'm right, but it is I think he really feels like in the morning he's supposed to be the fun parent. And no matter how much I say like hey, this is stressful, sometimes having someone else from the outside kind of say, "Look, this is this is really stressing her out." And so then an hour later when she's mad about all this stuff, it's actually because her morning started with no fun. Like I didn't have any mm-hmm. fun. Um, and the whole family needs to have mm-hmm. fun. Our Valentine's Day was was spent apart. <laughs> um, again, though, I'm just you guys. The fact that that so many of you called in, and I wanted to give just a special shout out to to Kate who posted in this late parenting Facebook group. She posted this lovely thing, but I think what stuck with me the most was at the end. She says. Elizabeth, I hereby give you permission to stay upstairs on those days and make the rest of them figure it out. <laughs> and you guys, sometimes that's you just need the permission. I mean, you guys gave me permission, but to Kate, I feel like it was it was your permission that um, that's really pushed me over the edge. So I have sent I sent Jeff a you know a message. He's coming back um, Wednesday night. I said Thursday morning. I would really like it to be just my morning where I get dressed on my time. Um, and come down just in time for hugs and a and a quick pushing everybody out the door. And he said, let's give it a try. So I'll report back. I Great. love it. I love that. I love that for you. And I love that for him. Hmm. And for some reason, I love that for Kate. I know. Thanks, Kate. <laughs> Listen, this second voicemail is about last Monday's conversation on mismatched sex drives. So if you've got little ears listening, maybe skip ahead a couple minutes. But if you're sticking with us, this voicemail comes from a listener named Sarah. 
Hi, Karen Seating. Um, I'm calling about your episode about sex and intimacy after kids, which I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this topic. Super important, I think. and so challenging. You got a question about mismatched sex drives that you kicked off the show with, and I thought you guys had great advice, and I wanted to add that one thing that we've done as a couple is open up our relationships sometimes when one of us has a sex drive that is way more intense than the other person and, you know, let that person have their sexual needs met outside of our relationship. I know that's controversial and can be not for everyone. I'll say that. And um, it can be challenging, especially when there's kids in the picture, but it's really worked well for us. It takes a lot of communication. But I know for me, when I'm the person who has less of a sexual appetite, I feel really guilty about you know, imposing some sort of like celibacy or something on my partner. And this has worked well for us. And there's like an added benefit of like when he's sort of out there dating other people and having sex with other people, then I kind of get like jealous in a fun way and can kind of like re-spark things for us when I sort of see him through the perspective of somebody else and just remember what a great catch he is, um, which you can lose sight of when you're just sort of like taking care of little people. Okay. Thanks, guys. I love your show. Bye. Uh, this is fascinating. Thanks, Sarah, for telling us about your life um, in this really intimate way. So if this works for you, fantastic. I really like how you said that opening up your marriage in this way requires a lot more communication. Um, I think that's really smart. And I mean, I've always seen, you know, examples of open marriage and thought about open marriage. And in the midst of like parenting young kids, it seems like so much extra work. Um, and I respect you for, you know, finding a path to make it work. And I mean, this it, it sounds like it's it's going well for you. This, this reminded me, I, there was a great piece, um, if you want to get all hot and bothered in a good way and get some insight into open marriage there's this amazing essay that was just published um uh oh no it's not even new i just my friend sent it to me recently but it's from june 2022 it's from the paris review called scenes from an open marriage by gene garnett if you want to get like a really intimate picture of what what it looks like uh with all of these dynamics and new inputs and outputs of uh in a marriage I, i recommend that essay there's also um did either of you watch that Netflix show, Easy? It's like an anthology show yeah. where each episode follows some different characters. But through three seasons, like one episode per season, it follows this couple that's opening up their marriage. And I thought that was also a very like realistic, tender, um, honest portrait of what it looks like. So if you all are interested in going further down, I feel like we should do an episode on this too um, yeah. at some point. I was going to say, Zach, didn't you on the Best Advice Show, didn't you... Isn't there an episode or two on... I interviewed some folks like who, who um, run a podcast called Multi Amory, which is a podcast for people in multi and poly relationships. Um, but we didn't get into the specifics of like navigating in open marriage, which is uh, quite quite a feat for, um, for anyone involved, including Sarah. So Sarah, thanks for, for that. And, um, you know, if it, if it works for you, awesome. This made me think of another tip that we didn't talk about. And actually, some of the comments on the episode were like, 
what are some other ways to like spice up our marriage or spice up the relationship in there and uh you know why we have kids at home and i wanted to recommend there's there's a million apps out there that do something like this but uh We've used an app called, it's called Spicer, but essentially what hmm. it does is ask a bunch of questions about things you might be comfortable with. And it sort of works like a dating app in that you thumbs up it and your partner can thumbs up it. And if they both match, you get to see a list. But if they don't match, then you just don't see them. And I think that's really nice if you're not sure huh. how to talk about these things. But it goes, it will ask you everything from, you know, open marriage to like a, a more tame, like, are you willing to have sex? Not in the bedroom. Like just, uh-huh. just a wide range of these asking you a few questions a day. And you fill it out separately from your partner. Yeah. It's on your phone. Uh-huh. It literally it's like swipe right, uh-huh. swipe left, but it only shows you the matches. So the matches of each other's, like your answers have to match up with your partner's yeah, so the ones that you and your partner have both said, this is something I might be interested in, it presents a list right. of those. Um, the other thing it has is it has a, like, where you can tap, like, I'm in the mood. And I this sounds really <laughs> stupid, but it's actually, when you have kids, this can be, like, a very helpful, uh, I think, tool to just, mm-hmm. like, have this on your phone. So if you're not, I think this is something, like, if you're not sure when to start or you're feeling really busy or you just love a great app. Um, (laughs) You're just into... I just love the idea of someone teaching us how to be lovers again. I think like when, you know, it's just like... I'm getting dressed in front of everybody. I am showering in front of everybody. There's no mystery anymore. Um, right. I could yeah. be like taking a shower and there's literally three people standing at me. One asking me about homework. The other one asking about what's for <laughs> dinner. The other one is, you know, telling me about her day of middle school. And I right. think like the, the, the fizzy like just goes away. All of it goes away. And it's sad. So that's really cool. What is it called again? So this one's called Spicer. It has a little flame. It down. Uh, it's it's free. There's like extra packs you can purchase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like if you want to ask more, you know, questions. But um, yeah, and I I think again, so often in terms of like timing, I I think any way that you can kind of signal to your partner, you know, like I'm interested now. I don't. There's something about feeling like in the middle of the day or at some other time <laughs> it's like if you push the little oh i'm i'm like in the mood to think like oh i could be in the mood now too as opposed to feeling like well it has to be after all of this you know like kids to bed and this and this okay now is the time i i think it's kind of a nice way if you're not sure like how to communicate that or you feel like you're a couple that's like always just missing each other right and so then you end up I mean, there's nothing wrong with scheduling sex or scheduling time, but it's sort of nice to to catch these impromptu times where you're like, oh, I'm actually feeling really relaxed and mm-hmm. this would be like a good time. Um, and then to have your partner be like, oh, yeah, it is for me, too. This is just not a time we would have normally picked, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean it's 11 o'clock in the morning and all the kids are in school and we have a meeting in 20 <laughs> minutes now? Now you want this now, babe? Yes, now. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, something about the app though makes it less, you know, less than you've like stuck your head in and they're working and you're like, "Hey, Hi. what's up? <laughs> what do you mean, what's up?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, we're always excited to hear from you. We hope that's obvious, but seriously, we always want to know what you think. So please reach out. You can email us at 
karenfeedingpod at slate.com or our favorite option, leave us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. That's 646-357-9318. We want your comments and we want to answer your questions. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back in a second. And we're back and moving on to a segment we call triumphs and fails. I'm going to start with Zach. Any triumphs or fails for us, my friend? Yeah, I think this is a fail. I think this is like a, a fail with a, with some, some learning. Um, I found Noah just like on my phone the other day. She, I, I think maybe I was, I don't know what I was doing. It's probably in the kitchen or something. And I came back into the living room and she was on my phone and she was on Amazon, which I didn't know she knew how to get into. <laughs> and she was just like shopping. Uh, I don't, she wasn't adding stuff to the cart, but she was just like looking around and treating, treating my Amazon app like a video game. Um, and it just left me feeling some kind of way. Like I didn't, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good with her thinking that like that is a form of fun just like going and like looking at crap um and then i also just was thinking about like what is it that she's seeing me do with amazon um which i am using all the time to get you know stuff that stuff that we need um and stuff that you know would be helpful whatever like uh you know headbands school supplies you know you can get anything on amazon and i I just didn't like that like this is this is what a a six-year-old is is choosing to do when she's kind of has unfettered access to a phone um and it led us to a conversation about like it's not as simple as just like going on this app and pressing buttons and you get stuff like this each of these things cost money and mommy and daddy work very hard for the money and you know we're the ones that are going to decide kind of how to spend the money and you know you can't just go shopping um and so i don't know it's just it just kind of felt yucky she understood and i don't think she'll do it again um but she didn't buy anything right no she didn't buy no 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 she didn't the and her intent wasn't to buy anything oh it might have been it very well might have been i don't know i don't know if she knows how to you know click add to add to cart but she could have very easily done there's like a one click like buy this now um yeah yeah. which is just it's just crazy how easy it is to have something arrive at our house with the click of a button um so i think had i not found her she could have figured that out she kind of knows how to read a a teeny bit yeah okay so triumph she didn't (laughs) she didn't buy no 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 this this, uh plastic crap but yeah it just was just like i think though so consumerism aside right like that is bad i i get a lot of satisfaction from looking at things putting them into the cart and then deleting the whole cart that's my favorite thing to do to me it's the same yes like if Uh i if i want to just i agree i was gonna say she's just hitting you know as a stereotypical depiction woman sorry um to me it's the same as like if I want to go like browse a store and I want to uh-huh. touch a bunch of things and see stuff, I'm not going to spend any money, but I'm interested in kind of seeing what's out there. I think I get a lot of 
dopamine from yeah. seeing fun, cool stuff that I might want. Yeah. I, you know, I love a good Amazon wish list that I have no intent of. I have <laughs> uh-huh. one that's like, I have no intent of purchasing this. <laughs> like, please, Jeffrey, that's do funny. not purchase anything from this yeah, list. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just going to put stuff in there that I think looked interesting or made me think of someone or, um, again, I'm a 40-something-year-old woman and right. <laughs> your daughter yeah. is not. But I think if it felt good to her, like, can that be channeled into, like, are these things that you'd be interested in getting as gifts in the future? Like, what did you enjoy ab- about these things? Or even seeing, like, what she was interested in. Yeah. And again, there's the whole, I agree with you, there's the whole, like, consumer side of we can't just push buttons and get all these things. But was it fun to, like, look at all the stuff that's out there? Like, the same as, I don't know if, like, when you guys go to Target, my kids love to, like, go hang out in the Lego aisle, yeah. even though yeah. I'm like, we're not getting anything. Yeah, yeah And same. now they go, they look, they have, they talk about it. I To me, it's, yeah. like, fine, you know? I think I think another important detail to this is that that story came on the heels of her kind of constantly talking about, I want this, I want this, uh, like, I want this for my yeah, birthday. So- um and like us kind of constantly now telling her like noah it seems like you're Mm. you're not grateful with what you have um and you just keep wanting more and more and this is this has been a big conversation lately like you know think about all the stuff you have um most kids have so much less like let's practice being grateful and she does get that and like she has these moments of like you're right like i am grateful but then the next day she's like i wish i had this bead thing and i'm like i know i know um and it seems it seems just uh relentless kind of her her i do wonder though if again like if this is things she's really feeling because we're, we're not going to make anyone feel like grateful by i i the word shame. of shame is coming yeah. up and i don't think you're shaming her, no i think like, we i think we but, probably do at times yeah. By saying to her, like, well, you should just be grateful for what you have, right? Because mm-hmm. we've all been there. But to be able to say, like, let's put that on a list. And when it is the time when you get to ask for gifts, which happens here, here, we can relook at that list and see if it's still important to you. Because I think mm-hmm. the bigger lesson you want to teach is, A, we can't have everything right now. Mm-hmm. This stuff costs money. And we need to make good purchasing decisions. Mm-hmm. You change the, the passcode on your phone. That's, that's the first step yeah. you just change it change it to a number she'll never figure out uh yeah yeah no i thanks liz i do i i i hear you so liz uh what about you triumph or fail this week okay i'm taking a triumph but Great. um it, it's in a triumph that comes with anxiety and my child doing something not so great. So Monday, for context, Monday, I picked the kids up from school. Normally, they take the train home. Actually, I only picked Henry up. Uh, But I was already at school volunteering. And then Henry had to go to a doctor's appointment a while back. He fractured his finger. And we needed to go um, just make sure that it was healed. So it was like kind of a special day. The other two were taking the train home. I picked him up. We had to like walk to the car. Mm. So I'm I'm leaving school kind of behind him, call his name. His face is like, he's like not as excited as normal. And as we're walking away from the school, he's like, I did something really bad Ooh. today. And I was like, oh, gosh, in my heart, I'm thinking like, did he cheat on something? Yeah. Like did something, ha- you know? Yeah. And um, he's like, I got in trouble in math class today. And I was like, okay. 
And he proceeds to tell me this long, very complicated story about how he arrived. And there was like drawing on his desk. And at some point he like tells the teacher there's drawing on his desk and she says something back to him. This is all filtered through Henry. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, I don't care or it's fine or you can add to it. So he ends up drawing something on the desk as well. Um, and at this point, every ounce inside of me wants to be like, you drew on the desk, you know, but we're we're like walking. It's like pouring rain. I'm holding this umbrella over the both of us, but I'm just like, okay. So he tells me that he obviously got in trouble for drawing. His homeroom teacher there, that's kind of like who is in charge of them, in charge of them, ends Mm -hmm. up speaking to him about it. In the course of the story, he says, I'm so embarrassed. I am. Mm. I will never do anything like this again. Uh, I talked to Miss Mia. My plan is to apologize to this teacher, even though like I feel... Like she told me I could do it. I understand that that like that doesn't matter. We don't draw on desks. And I was like, okay, great. I'm like, this sounds great. I'm like, so calm. Just let him tell the story. Mm-hmm. He, of course, says, can we please not tell dad? And I'm like, dude, we, we have to tell dad. Like, <laughs> if we can't, we don't keep things, you know, a secret in the family. But I can be there with you when you tell dad. And I think if we just ask dad to listen to the whole story and you tell him the whole thing, he's going to be proud of you. Like, I'm proud of you that you came to me with this. Then he goes on to tell me, like, well, I, I want to tell you about this because I think I keep getting in trouble. He's complained about, like, little. He got he gets, like, the math teacher's always telling him to, like, stop talking or stop doodling or things like that. He's like, I think I'm just really bored in class and mm. I don't know what to do with mm. that energy. And I'm like, okay, so here's like a problem that we can solve. And so proceeded, I sent an email to the homeroom teacher to be like, here, you know, thank you so much for handling this. It sounded from Henry's perspective like it's taken care of. Is that your, you know, interpretation too? Also, he mentioned that he's like bored in class. So what is the the next step as like a, a middle schooler? Like, am I supposed to still get involved or is this something, you know, he can handle? And she emails me back and says he needs to come tell me that he feels bored and not that that's like an excuse for this behavior, but, um, you know, that, that, that is the thing that we need to work on. Like if the reason this kid who is usually so well behaved thinks he can draw on a desk is that he's bored, we need to like talk about that. So the reason I think it's a triumph is because I feel so good that he felt like he could come to me and that, then he accepted my advice when I said, listen, I emailed your you know, teacher and she said, you need to come talk to her about it. Do you feel good about that? We practice some things. And he went in and talked to her. And I mean, I feel like as the middle school parent, I'm still being, he's telling me what's going on. The teacher is telling me what's going on so I can be there. But that he's learning to manage these and that I was able to hear all of this and not lose my ever-loving mind that this child <laughs> drew on a desk, which I know is not like in the scheme of things is a small thing. But I feel like, you know, if he drew on a desk here, I would it would be a problem. Um, so to be able to be like, OK, you don't have a fully formed frontal cortex. You made a poor decision, but you also <laughs> I mean, come on. He's an 11 year old. 11-year-old. I what mean, you, and, and I don't mean to be the aunt, the 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 auntie who says, but I'm going to have to be that auntie. 
Does anybody have a picture of what he drew on that desk? Did we just untap a new uh, skill? It wasn't. He did add an Oompa Loompa to an otherwise (laughs) boring scene. So I can't say. I mean, it was it was humorous. Okay. In his opinion, he asked. Okay, you know, okay. <laughs> he added to but the. We art. don't know what this art looks like because if we've got a budding young little artist on our hand, let's not. Let's not shame this. Just like tagging a few things. Let's here not and shame there. the kid. He could be the next Banksy. I mean, I don't know. It's you know. <laughs> just saying. And and it did like erase cleanly. Like he cleaned this off. Uh, also, like mm-hmm. he, it's he fixed the wrong. I think it's, um, I think it was ins- so insightful of him to figure out that he was bored. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like the whole thing. I was like, oh my gosh, this kid is like, he's it's gonna be okay. It's gonna be totally fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're gonna make mistakes. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't love that he was scared to tell Jeff. We're gonna work on that. Sure. And actually, Jeff, I was able because he told me I was able to like send Jeff uh, while he was in getting his finger X-rayed. I'm like. We're going to call you. Henry has this whole story. I need you just to, to trust me that it's handled and to just be calm and like proud of him for telling you. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Jeff did. Jeff was like, you know, thanks for telling me, buddy. Like, how can we help you in the future? Make better choices. I mean, it just felt like for this one brief moment, we're acing <laughs> this parenting that like, we're doing it. <laughs> They're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy, you're... You're all that's left. Triumph or fail? It, it's like an in-between triumph and... Uh, is it a trail? It's a trail. <laughs> it's a trail. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a trail. <laughs> so, um, oh gosh. Okay, so Amelia, who's 13, is uh, coming into her own, uh, especially when it comes to her sexuality. And this month, we have a crush on a boy. Mm. And... Yes, and I'm really proud of her because when she spoke about this crush on on this boy, she said that he asked her if it was true that she was bisexual. And Amelia said, uh, yes, it is. And he was like, I'm really confused as to what that is. So Amelia explained to him what bisexuality means and what it means like, means for her right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um she went into her whole explanation she sat there uh you know on the couch and she's telling me she's pouring her heart out to me and i'm listening to her and my heart is in my throat uh because uh this is the first time that she's like she's always been very like with her fluid with her sexuality but uh it was the first time I heard her be so certain about it. And mm. so, like, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. And when she, she, I asked her, well, how did, you know, this kid, like, react to you, to you sharing your feelings? Uh, she said to me, Mom, I really don't care. This is who I am, Mom. This is how I'm feeling. Um, I felt very strong and I felt very empowered. And then she did this little thing where she puts her her like like Wonder Woman, like the Wonder Woman stance where she puts her hands uh-huh. on her hips. And Great. in that moment, Pops, you know, Gino walks in and uh, he goes, what are you guys talking about? And I'm like, I go, sexuality. And he goes, cool. Can we talk about that later? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, 
having a moment. I'm like on the verge of tears. But I, 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 I say it was a fail and it was mainly on me because I was so like, my breath was taken away by how brave and how sure she was about herself. And I get emotional now talking about it because it was so rad to see this 13-year-old kid just tell me who she is. Mm. And and she shared with with me before. But this time, I guess because she had to, A, it was like a teachable moment for her and this boy she has a crush on. And, uh, and and she used all the right words and she spoke on boundaries mm-hmm. and she spoke on um you know she explained to him like if you want to be my boyfriend you have to have a real conversation with my father because we're my mom is very old school like that and i know like in school we're dating but like outside of school you totally have to ask my dad and it was just like this moment where i was like I wish I had this relationship with my parents, you know, Mm. like this moment where I could just be like really open with them about stuff, which I was, but not to this degree Mm. of like so much self-confidence. And I guess the, again, the fail part of it was I was just, I, I was speechless. I was just looking at her and like the tears are coming. She's like, why are you crying? I'm like, I'm just, I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you. (laughs) And she was like, mama, but did I do something wrong? I'm like, no, you did everything right. You stood up for who you are. You set everything. You set your boundaries. I just wish I would have, I don't know. Like I felt like I should have been a little bit more tender or a little bit more like hug. I was so shocked, Zach. And Elizabeth, I sat there like just like this kid blew my mind away because she was very sure. And I don't know who she's going to have a crush on next month. I don't know. But this month, she's really proud of what she did. And it just it felt good. Felt hey, good. it's just beautiful. Just and it's not too late to go and, you know, give her a yes. hug today. Say I was I was overcome yes. yesterday. I'm so proud of you. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think yeah. that's even more like I, you know, to be able to turn around and say, Mata, the like, I was so overcome mm-hmm. yesterday. I like that, Zach. Like, here's. I think I'm going to. Yeah, that's a great. I'm definitely going to steal it. your words. I was overcome yeah. with emotion. Or like, you know, you know what else you should do is I think you should write something about this moment mm-hmm. to her. Like, write it. Oh, and keep that's it a because- great idea. We write letters to each other all the time. I don't know why I didn't think go. about it. I just think this would be a really nice moment to encapsulate, like, for her, too, this moment when she was so much herself to be able to bring back to her because she'll have moments when she's not sure and not herself. Yeah. Um, she's so know. cool. She was so cool. It was so cool. I was like, what? Who are you? Oh, my gosh. That. Yeah. Yeah, it was so, pretty Is dope. this her first crush? No, she's had several little crushes okay. here and there, but this one... They're like date. I, you said there's like some kind of thing going on at school. You don't know. So there's like, there's a whole thing in middle school where everybody knows who's with sure. everybody, yeah. but they don't out, they don't outwardly say that that's the boyfriend or that's the girlfriend or whatever it is that they're going. It's really weird. And um, I'm lucky enough that my cousin's a, a, a middle school guide mm. counselor, so she... She's like, she's a guidance counselor. And she's like, oh, yeah, they're all dating, but nobody, like, they don't talk about it. Everybody knows, but no like, one. They'll just give no each one. other a look. 
knows. No one knows. Not- but it's not like they're going out. At, like they have no power. To go no, out there's out no power. The there's no car. There's no date. There's none of they that. They can't just get on the train yet. and go wherever they and, want. No, they can't. Okay, they Elizabeth. Can't nobody here is getting a train, train and going to Orlando for the day. <laughs> We're going to Disney. We don't do that. You know, and and I don't know. Is it, it, it my, my kids in a school where? I mean, luckily they have resources and clubs, but you know, hi guys, live in Florida. Not really nice to uh, those type of kids. So I'm just really proud of her. Really proud of her for for sharing all mm-hmm. that with me. I'm proud of her too. Me three. I would also cry, but I think I love. I think report back that you did Zach's thing, and I think you should write it down for the future. I am. I am. I am. And I'm going to write her a letter. We write letters to each other all the time. This is like, Wouldn't I didn't even think of that. love to get a letter, though? Like, I feel like even now in life, in these moments when I'm, like, doubting myself, someone reminding me of how sure I was at, at these younger ages, you know, um, like, hey, you, ha- you had this power and you knew who you were. Like, right. don't forget that you're that. That person is there. I don't know. What a gift. Yes. Yes. Listeners, as always, we want to hear your parenting stories, too. Did you have a particularly great triumph or funny fail? Share them with us. We might share them on the show. You can write to us at our email address, karenfeedingpod at slate.com, or leave us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. We want to know what all of you think, so be sure to reach out to us and keep the conversation going. And that's our show. Subscribe. Leave a rating, a review. Tell all your friends. Tell everybody. If you want more parenting advice, you can find Care and Feeding, the column on Slate.com. This episode of Care and Feeding is produced by Maura Curry, with special thanks to Rosemary Belson. Shasha Leonard is the voice of our listeners. Alicia Montgomery is the VP of Slate Audio. For Elizabeth Newcamp and Zach Rosen, I'm Lucy Lopez. Thanks for listening.